Hey friend, do you have ADHD? Maybe, maybe not. It really doesn't matter because either way, you're so welcome here. Whether it's you or someone you live with that has the squirrely brain, I'm here to help. On this show, we'll be sharing perspective shifts and hacks and systems and routines that all work for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. I spent the last almost decade working with students as a special education teacher and navigating my own ADHD. Whether you want someone to hold space for you or you want the tactical, tangible strategies, you're in the right place. I'm going to help you learn to let it be easy, work with your unique strengths, and move from scattered to simplified. And we're doing it all with positive perspective, self-compassion, and a whole lot of God's grace. Let's do this. Hey guys, I am so excited for today's episode. We have Rebecca Poe from Lessons and Lattes on Instagram. Rebecca is an award-winning special education teacher and a national education conference presenter. She has over a decade of experience in special education. As an educator, Rebecca believes that all behavior is communication and all feelings are valid, and she focuses on providing equitable education and establishing connections to students of all ability levels in an inclusive setting. She's also just super lovable, relatable, and our conversation that we had was awesome. I can't wait for you to hear these strategies that she's going to share with us because I know you're going to love it as much as I did. Let's get into it. Hey guys, I'm so excited for today's episode. I am here with Rebecca Poe from Lessons and Lattes. She is an Instagram teacher that I've been following literally since her very first post, and we're going to be talking all about strategies for success when you have ADHD. And I'm super excited. She's been a special ed teacher. Um, are you transitioning to a new position this year? I am. I'm actually transitioning back to an old position. So okay. when I first started, I taught kindergarten through third grade resource and then moved to sixth grade resource and realized that while middle school is great for some people, that's not my niche. That's, you know, not where I feel the most confident and comfortable. So I'm heading back to the little bitty students. I'll have kindergarten through second grade this fall. I feel that. I um, I actually transitioned out of the classroom this year and I'm working in community mental health now. And um, when I interviewed, they were like, it was going to be for 12 to 17 year olds. And I was like, you know, like I don't, I'm not against the older kids by any means, but I was like, I don't really know if that's my thing, but I was like, I'm willing to try it. Like, let's do something different. I had done fourth grade for the last four years, um, but once I got in there, they were like, actually, we had some other people leave, and so we're going to put you back down into elementary, and I was like, cool, that's where I'm comfy. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so um, my first question that I like to ask everyone who comes on is just what is, like, one of your number one things that make you feel like you have your stuff together? So I thought about this question and it could go one of two ways. I'm going to give you both of my answers. The first one is like the fun answer. And that is when I have like a new planner and a new set of pens. And I feel like I'm going to color coordinate my schedule and my life. Uh And I've always got such good intentions and I start out really, really well. Um, But then I kind of, you know, slip away from that because I think the newness wears off. And if you, do have ADHD you kind of know what I'm talking about like the dopamine wears Mm -hmm. off and you got to go find it somewhere else so um what I actually end up doing and sticking with is making lists and I'll have a list for each day so I wake up in the morning first thing I do is make the list of things that 
I need to do for the day. And I try to start with the biggest things first and whittle it down to things of less importance, the lower priority things. And I'll talk a little bit more about how I um, navigate what is a bigger priority and what's a smaller priority when I start talking about some of the different strategies that I use for students with ADHD. Um, but that's just something that works for me. And then I have a list to go off of. If I don't get to something that day, it goes on the list for the next day. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot in this episode. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to be re-listening it to myself with like my pens and my notebooks. Cause I'm like, that would totally work for my brain. Do I do that right now? No. Should I? Probably. No. <laughs> um, but I totally feel you on the, I have a brand new planner and this brand new pack of pens. And like, I got my whole life together now. And then after like a week or two, <laughs> you you're like, feel like, yeah. like an organizational rock star when you have your color coded pens and highlighters and sticky mm -hmm. notes and it's all laying out in front of you and it's beautiful. But then you have to get past the point of looking at it to where you're actually going to start using it. And if those beautiful rainbow colored items are not going to be it for you. Let's find something that does work, which for me is right. a shoot and notebook paper and just a to-do list. Yeah, I feel that. I really, there's something about like a fresh sheet of paper too, like all of the openness. Uh, yeah. I really love that when I go to like make a list or just like empty my brain, like I love all the white space. Do you uh, sometimes write things that you've already done on your list just so you can mark them off? Oh my God. <laughs> no. Because I do something else. I used to do that. I would start my list mm -hmm. with like some things I've already done. This, if you have never heard of this, I'm about to change your life. A to-done list. So, what? yeah. Okay. So like, let's say you didn't make your to-do list until like 10 a.m. or whatever that day. Even next to it, you start your to-done list. You woke up. You brushed your teeth. If you're having a real rough day, you went pee. Like, you put everything that you've done. <laughs> All the things. And by the end of that day, especially, like, if I've had a weekend where I feel like a potato or something, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't done anything, I will write down every little thing I did. I played with my kid. I went for a walk around the block. Like, every small thing, I made dinner. And you'll have this huge list of everything you've done, and you're like, heck, yeah, look at me. I list. love that so much, and I'm going to use that, like, forever and ever. Amen. Like, yeah. yeah. It is the Add best. That to my to my repertoire. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that, because we need those little successes sometimes. You know, like, when, when we achieve something, no matter how small it is, in my classroom, we celebrate little bitty tiny things like they're huge, because sometimes they are. Yeah. And we need to do that for ourselves, too. I love that yes. idea. Yes. I'm trying really hard to be better about celebrating the small things too right now in this season. I have a friend who um, is like a brand new baby photography business. And so she and I talk a lot because I'm a brand new baby podcaster. And when I was doing my launch date, she was like, well, we should go get drinks or something to celebrate or go get a coffee. And I'm like, like, I wouldn't have even thought to stop and be like, yeah, I launched a podcast. But because she said that, I made my launch, like, a way bigger deal than I ever would have. And I'm like, you're yeah. totally right. Like, why am I acting like that's no big deal? So I'm trying really hard now in this season to celebrate, like, all the little things. Because I think everyone needs it. But especially when you have ADHD, like, dopamine, man. Like, that celebration. Yes. It just keeps you your brain it. going. I think, you know, talking about that we're so quick and when I say we I mean like you know people with ADHD and different different neurodiversities we're quick to kind of move from one thing to another very quickly yes without really acknowledging what we've done and 
being able to kind of revel in that success for a minute because we're constantly right. seeking, okay, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. So just kind of taking that pause to celebrate, I did this before you dive into the next, you know, project that you've right. got. Right. Totally feeling that. Or even taking a pause just to take a pause. Like I mentioned, I'm so glad I, about that. Me I, just, too. I struggle with it so much. I know. I'm like, I constantly <sighs> want to have like 20 plates in the air because it again dopamine it makes everything feel urgent but Mm -hmm. also makes everything feel stressful and like I said I just started a job literally like a month ago still getting into the swing of things just started this podcast wasn't going to launch until the end of summer and then I had stuff ready to go and I'm like let's just do it so then I was like I'm like let's get into a podcast mastermind deep dive into 90 days like commit like it's another job and I literally today I was talking to my chiropractor and I'm like I I think instead I should just take a minute to just pause and just like be in my job, do my podcast for fun and just like, let it be and let it grow naturally. I also learned from him. Maybe you know this, um, clenching your jaw is a form of stimming. Did you know that? Um, you can't see right now because it's a podcast, but I literally just grabbed my jaw. Like, yes. that's what I was doing. So I'm trying to like work it out now. I had no idea. I had no idea either. And I went I and saw him today. all the time because it's always just locked. Yeah. So like the last week or so, I've been like finding myself if I'm just like watching TV or something, like my hands are clenched. And I told him that because mm-hmm. they do DNS. And so like he does this certain thing and he's like, it's basically like control, alt, delete on your brain and kind of just resets everything. So I went in to see him today because my anxiety has been like, and I was like, I need you to control alt delete my nervous system. And he's like, all yes. right. So we do. And then he's, you know, doing all the things. And he always ends up adjusting my jaw or doing something there because it's always so tight. And he was like, yeah. He's like, well, it's kind of just like low key from stress. He's like, if you feel your fingers clenching, he's like, and you relax that. He's like, you need to pay attention to your jaw next because usually it starts at your jaw and makes its way out. And he's like, it's actually a form of stimming. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like it makes sense now that you say it. Like there are so many other small things people do that stem, but I never thought of that one. I'm like, it makes sense. So I'm trying to keep my hands busy now all the time. And if I find myself Mm -hmm. clenching my jaw or my hands, pay attention to my jaw. I just found that fascinating. I'm about to post a reel when we're done about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I did not know that. I know it's wild. Okay. So we're like 10 minutes in already. Cause this has just been flowing. Um, <laughs> I didn't even give you a chance to tell people like who you serve and what you're doing and how you got here. So if you want to recap that for us a little bit, and then you can dive straight yeah. into what you want to share today. Sure. So my name is Rebecca Poe. I'm a special education teacher. I've taught every grade except fifth grade, um, which no, no hate to my fifth grade students and fifth grade <laughs> teachers. That's just not been something that I found myself in. Um, But when I worked as a paraprofessional, I was in high school and then like the 18 to 21 year old transition. And then as a teacher, I've done K through four and sixth grade. So I've got a little bit of experience with all sorts of populations of students. But like I said before, that K through two student body is really where my heart is. So I'm very excited to be getting back there. That's exciting. Um, and so when you started your Instagram account, was this just like, let's just have fun and connect with some other teachers or were you hoping to like eventually start a TPT and do all of these things that you've done with it? Oh gosh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I had no intention of any of this whatsoever. So I started this when I finished my master's degree back in 2018, just because I was following so many 
teacher Instagram people that I was losing like my friends posts. I was like, well, let me just make mm. a little separate teacher account. I won't tell anybody about it. You know, <laughs> it'll just <laughs> it'll just be for me so I can follow other teachers. But then, you know, I wanted to share my ideas too, because I was getting so inspired from all these teachers that I was following. I was yeah. like, well, I've, I've got some good ideas. Let me, let me see if it, it would help anybody else. So I started sharing mine and you know, fast forward four years later, it's turned into what it's turned into. And I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, we talk about feeding that dopamine. This is something that changes every day. And it's something, yeah. it's, a, it's a hobby of mine and it's turned into like a second career. Um, but I really love doing it. I love what I do through lessons and lattes and teachers pay teachers and I've, I've really enjoyed getting to have some experiences that I probably wouldn't have been able to have without it. For sure. That's so awesome. I've loved watching your account grow, especially because your heart for what you're doing and the way that you talk and the way you show up has not changed at all from that very first <laughs> post in 2018. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. I feel like that's really hard to find. Like you can tell that you've opened up more into like just who you are, but like the way you show up has not changed. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I try to like, I, I tell people I'm still just me. Like you are. I have a large audience on Instagram, but I'm, I'm a teacher first, you know, like this is, I am who I am. And what you see on Instagram is really me. And you know, I, I have struggles and I have highs and lows and, you know, successes and wins and, and things that, you know, don't go so well. And I try to show a little bit of all of it. I don't want people to look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, she has it all together because, Oh my gosh, no, I don't. <laughs> so I try to be as, as real and honest as I can. I think it's really resonated with people. I was going to say, I think that's why it has grown into what it has is because you do show all of it. It's not just like a, look at me, look at me. high like real kind of situation. It's really like a follow me through this journey. I'm going to share the good. I'm going to share the not so good. And I'm going to show you how I work through it. Um, but I think that's really cool. And I think that you're serving so many people in the way that you're showing up. Um, and I'm excited for all that we're going to learn from you because I feel like we've already <laughs> gotten a little bit of it and it's been awesome. So um, I know our focus is a little bit on students. However, I'm going to assume that a lot of these work for people who aren't in school or are no longer children. Is that oh, true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So everyone, you should probably grab a pen and paper if you have not already, because I know I'm taking mental notes right now. <laughs> grab one of your new rainbow pens. <laughs> <laughs> right. We know you all have a new planner. The school year is about to start. There must be a new planner laying around somewhere. Open it up to the notes section. Let's dive in. All right. What's up first? Okay. So first I mentioned listing out priorities and I heard the greatest illustration of this that I'm absolutely going to steal and I it's not my original thought whatsoever I'm going to try to find you know who came up with it so I can share it with you but it was a professor in front of a class and he had a glass jar and inside the glass jar he placed several large river rocks inside the jar and he asked you know the students in the class is the jar full and they all said yes it's full so then he takes out a bag of like aquarium pebbles, the mm. little the little pebbles, pours those in, 
on top of the river rocks and they fill up some of the empty spaces around the, the bigger rocks. And he says, well, now is it full? And they're like, oh, it's really full now. So then he takes out some sand, pours the sand in. It's very, very fine sand. It fills up all the little spaces between the little rocks, between the big rocks and asks again, is it full? Again, the students say yes. And finally he takes out some water and pours the water in and the water fills everything else up. And that the illustration is if he had first filled the jar with water, it would have overflowed if he had tried to put anything else into it. Mm -hmm. And the water is, you know, that's, that's the stressful things. You know, when you're full to the brim with stress, anything extra added on just puts you over the top. It sends you over the edge. It makes that water overflow. Yeah. So you want to start with your big rocks. Those are the big things that you need to get done first. Those are your priorities. So it could be if you're a student that's going to school, it's studying for a test. It's it's um, you know, making sure your homework is done. It's all of those things that you need to do first. Those are your first priorities. Yeah. Then the little rocks, those are the things that you still need to do, maybe for yourself. Maybe you need to, you know, have some quiet time where you can sit and read a book for a little bit and unwind. Maybe you want to spend some time with with your family or your friends or go outside with your dog. Those are things that are still definitely a priority, but maybe not as urgent as those big things. And then the little rocks, the sand, those are the little things. Those are the fun things that you want to do, but maybe you don't have to do those right away. You know, um, I wouldn't, maybe for me, sometimes that can be laundry. Right, right. (laughs) It's not a fun thing. But if I don't get to it that day, as long as I've got some clothes to wear, that's not necessarily a major priority. That doesn't have to be a big rock. The problem lies in when we view everything as a big rock. And we're trying to shove all of those things into our jar, which only is 24 hours. We have 24 hours in a day eight of those we need to be sleeping yeah we only have a limited amount of time so really what helps me and what I kind of help my students understand is you have to put the first things first you have to get those big things taken care of first Mm. and then once they're done and they're out of the way then fill up the rest of that time with with some of the other things that you're wanting to do right and then you won't have to worry about the big things because they're already done yeah and then also that momentum of getting the big things done makes it so much easier to carry through into doing the other things that you need to do. I keep hearing like motivation is BS. It's all about momentum. And so like once you get up and doing something, it's so much easier. Sometimes I know for me, like I know the big rock needs to be the first thing to do, but sometimes just to get that momentum, I'll pick out one of those like medium sized things. It's like still kind of important, but not as important or urgent and do that just to get the the momentum going so then I can roll into one of those big rocks because sometimes starting those big things can just be so overwhelming absolutely yeah I I heard somebody say you know when they get home from from work or from school they keep their shoes on because if they take the shoes off then they're done you know they're going to sit down they're not going to feel like they need to get back up but if their shoes are on they know they still have stuff to do so just some like little kind of mental trigger like that can even help. Just something yeah. small that is just for you. All right. So moving on to my next tip, and this is more for the teachers or the parents who work with 
kids with ADHD. Yeah. So one thing that we need to be mindful of is that we are not expecting too much from these kids. Mm -hmm. So any child, any person is not going to be able to sit, you know, for 50 minutes in silence, taking notes on a topic. You think about teachers in an after school, like Monday afternoon faculty meeting. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be there. We're going to be looking out the window. We're going to be texting. We're going to be whispering to each other. It's, yeah. But yet we expect that from, you know, children. I know. And we can't do it ourselves. That's that's what we expect from them. So keeping that in mind, rather than trying to get the child to do what this high expectation that we have of them, we need to change the expectation and not necessarily lower it, just make it more accessible, make it more appropriate for that age group and for you know the neurodiversity that some of these kids have with ADHD. If, yeah. if a neurotypical child can't sit still for 15 minutes, a neurodiverse child is probably really not going to be able to sit still for 15 minutes. So we have to vary the expectations based on who we are working with and who we're working for. Yeah. If, if an environment is not working for the student, we need to change the environment and not focus on changing the student. 100%. I completely agree. I, it, and I know it's so hard because I know any gen ed teacher listening is probably cringing so hard or rolling their eyes. Like I was in gen ed <laughs> and I know how frustrating it can be. I did one year of gen ed before I left. I know how frustrating it can be when you're just trying to get through a lesson and you've already stopped so many times. But all of my lessons that went the best were broken up into ways that made it easier. Either we got up, we were moving around, or we watched a video and then we had a conversation. Or one of my favorite things was letting them pick like this or that. Like we would answer the questions related to it, but they would get up and move on one side of the room or the other. Mm-hmm. All of those things make it so much easier for them to stay engaged, especially neurodivergent kids. If they're bored, they are checked out. Something else though oh, yeah. that's super helpful that I know drives a lot of teachers crazy, but like if you can just let it go, let them draw or doodle while you're talking or reading. Mm -hmm. I had so many kids that my classroom was very unbalanced. There was a lot of ADHD in there and a lot of behaviors (laughs) and a lot of very creative kids. But when I just let them go ahead and draw the entire time I'm teaching those kids, when I didn't say anything to them, they were so much more engaged. They were answering my questions because they could listen while they were doing what they were doing. And it kept their brain actually focused on what we were doing instead of talking to the person next to them or getting up a hundred times. And if the idea of that makes you nervous as a teacher, have them draw about what you're teaching, like illustrated yeah. notes. Yep. Cause that's that way you have something to even maybe look at at the end to see, did they understand what I was talking about? Or is this completely off topic? Right. Right. Just an extra little idea. I like that. All right. What's uh, number three? Number three. So third third and final. Third and final. Um, We want to practice self-regulation skills in a safe and structured environment. So we wouldn't teach a child to read while the building was burning down. Right. Like, that's that's not what we're gonna do. Yeah. The same way, we're not going to teach 
a child who is completely dysregulated and having a crisis moment, that's not a teachable moment. No, that's a crisis. That's an emergency. That's we need to get that student out of that dysregulated state out of that crisis mode. Hmm. It's not the time to try to teach self-regulation strategies. The time for that is after or before, preferably both. Yeah. So if we have a student who is in crisis and that can look different for, for different students, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a student running around the room, flipping chairs, flipping tables. It could be the student who is sitting completely quietly, but is staring out the window and, you know, hasn't started on an assignment yet, is not participating in the class. You know, we need to find out, okay, what's going on? Yeah. So to teach those that self-regulation, we want to start by helping them identify the feelings that they're having when those behaviors are occurring. Because mm. if they don't know what they're feeling, we don't, they won't know how to regulate those feelings and those emotions. Yeah. So we'll ask the student, you know, hey, I see that you're looking out the window or I see that, you know, whatever the observable behavior is, I see that you're doing this. Are you feeling sad or angry or pick, pick a feeling that you think basically you're hypothesizing at this point, yeah. pick a feeling that you think the student has and, you know, ask, Hey, you're doing this behavior. Is it because you're feeling this way? That way you're pairing that behavior that those physical things that the student is doing, you're pairing that behavior with a feeling. So they're showing, you know, I'm feeling this when I feel this way, I do this because yeah. eventually we want to get them to the point that they're saying, okay, I'm feeling angry. Mm -hmm. What has worked for me in the past instead of flipping my table is, you know, ask my teacher if I can go get a sip of water and take a break for a minute. Yeah. Flipping the table and taking a water break, both serve the same purpose. It's getting you, it's getting the student out of that situation. Yeah. One is just much more appropriate for the classroom than the other. Right. But we want to make sure that we're teaching that as explicitly as we're teaching academics. 100%. And I think also the reminder of just getting curious. When you're seeing a behavior that is not expected, rather than immediately going into trying to change that behavior, parents and teachers both need to just take a second and A, make sure you're regulated yourself because if you're not regulated, you're not going to be able to regulate somebody else. And B, get curious about why that might be happening. And like you said, go and be like, hey, you know, I noticed this. Are you feeling this way? Or if you think they're able to answer, just how are you feeling right now? Um, and I think that that changes it so much, especially remembering your tone too and making sure it's really non-judgmental in that situation. Like showing that you're genuinely curious about what's going on deepens that connection. And then down the line, that also eventually helps with compliance too. The more a kid is connected with you and feels safe with you, the less they're gonna feel need to flip a table to get a break. They're gonna learn how to ask over time. I Absolutely, that relationship is so key. The mm -hmm. relationship we have with those students and something you said reminded me, you know, we, we don't want a student to feel invalidated. Yeah. Their, their feelings are not invalid. The right. behavior can be negative. We might want to change the behavior, but we don't want to not allow them to feel their feelings, no matter how yes. big they are. Yes, 100%. Validating feelings and just holding presence. And then also, like, can, it can sound as simple as, like, 
oh, you're upset because that person broke your pencil. I can see why you'd be really mad about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You didn't say that it was okay that then they stabbed them with the broken pencil or whatever <laughs> happened. You know, it, I can see why you're mad. They broke your pencil. I, I would, I think I would exactly. be mad too. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah. Yep. I love it. Validating, holding space, getting curious. Um, is there anything that we did not get to that you feel like you want to share before this episode is done? I mean, this, this can be such a, such a broad topic and such a long, lengthy conversation. Um, just to kind of, kind of wrap it up, students who are able to self-regulate are going to be more successful in the classroom in almost any area because they're, they'll be more attentive. They're more willing to participate. So as we're preparing to go back to school, really take some time at the beginning of the year to work on those soft skills, you know, those self-regulation skills, things like that, set out the expectations, review them, review the routines, kind of lay that foundation first before you start diving in to teach the academics. Because if you can get them to a point where they're able to self-regulate a little bit more, teaching reading, teaching math, that will come more easily and with time. So lay that foundation of regulation first and then move on to your academics. 100%. Totally agree. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and stop our recording and then you and I can wrap up, but I really appreciate you being on. If you guys are interested in checking out everything Rebecca has to offer online, all of her links are going to be in the show notes. We have Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. She has a teacher's pay teacher store. Um, I saw that she just like updated her entire personal decor so she has a brand new line out and it's super cute and then she also has an upcoming conference appearance called teach it special and she's going to be expanding on the behavior um conversation that we have during this episode and really breaks it down and also helps de-escalate students in crisis um and we'll be providing a bunch of resources for that so check out all of her links below and i will see you on monday Hey you, thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy to have been part of your day. If you love this episode, would you please consider sharing it on your Instagram stories and tagging me? This way I know what you're loving and what to make more of. I'll see you next week. Bye.